Business is brought to you by Audible.com. everybody and welcome to this week's episode of Married with a Business. I'm Craig. And I'm Allison. And we're Married with a Business. We're here to share with you some stories, tips, and tricks about being married and owning a business together. Allison, how has your week been? It's been good. You know, we're busy. We've talked about it before. We're still in the throes of Little League season, so that's been busy for us. But our youngest son just turned eight, so we have navigated the almost at a COVID birthday party system. Um, You know, he really wanted to have all of his friends and we kind of had to pull back. And where last year we just did the parade and he didn't get to see anybody, we let him pick a couple of really close friends who were kind of in our bubble throughout COVID. And we did um, a little birthday party and everybody's first sleepover. Oh my gosh. It was crazy. The first sleepover. I mean, it was fun. I think the boys loved it. I just think, wow, I w- I'm glad we didn't have five kids. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't know how our grandparents did it. I'm, my dad's one of six, seven and my mom's one of six. I don't know how my grandmother managed it, but um, it's cold here in the Boston area. Yeah. Kind of a dreary, depressing, you know, holiday weekend because it's it, coming off of Memorial Day weekend here. We were like, it, it had been hot the week before. It's been in the 90s. It's been sunny and beautiful. And then Friday came and it's it rained on Friday, rained on Saturday, rained on Sunday, a little bit of drizzle on Monday. Crazy. It's great. I had these great grand illusions. We're going to camp out in the backyard. Everybody can be socially distant. They can play outside. And then it was rainy and cold. So we set up a tent in one of our spare rooms and let them and have let them, at it. Let them camp out. And then on top of all that, not only was it rainy, cold all week and we couldn't camp out, apparently there's a there's a bear. We live in the suburbs of Boston and there's a bear in our, a black bear in our neighborhood. There's a bear in town. And of course, my kids are uh, the five kids are outside shooting marshmallows at each other and all I'm thinking is oh no we're gonna wake up and there's gonna be a bear in the yard bear in the backyard eating the marshmallows from the marshmallow guns the kids played with on the birthday party yeah it was uh it was an interesting uh holiday weekend I know that you know a lot of people were excited to kick off summer 2021 a little less covidy and and have fun it was a little tough up here because of the up of the weather but I hope People elsewhere in the country got to enjoy some nice weather and get out and do fun things. Yeah, and it's a nice way to take a break, slow down, you know, think about those service people who served us and have given their lives for us and just take a break. So this week, Allison, we kind of have a, a topic that isn't necessarily about being married in a business, but about coming into a family business. What We recently were on a, a video conference call with uh, some other fellow business owners, and we were talking a little bit about one of the owners was talking about bringing his daughter into their business. And I know we've talked about it before on our show, but one of the things that's interesting about you is this is your family's third generation business that we run here in uh, New England. And you know, it was a transition for you to come into the business and work with your father. And it was kind of fun and interesting to talk about some of those things with this person that's basically considering doing the same thing that you and your father did. Yeah, it was really nice to be able to feel like I could contribute tangibly to the discussion. Um, I think when I came into the business, we thought about it and we talked about it, but it was real haphazard. I wish that we had had the opportunity to kind of sit down with somebody and hear 
well, what do you wish you had known? And what do you wish you had thought about? Because hindsight's twenty twenty. You don't know what you don't know until you're kind of going through all of those emotions. So it was nice, hopefully for them, but for me to be able to share, you know, 20, almost 20 years into this process, what are the things that I wish we had talked about beforehand or that we did talk about that worked out really well. Well, and I think it's it's interesting, like you said, like one of the things is, is when you came into your father's business, you guys didn't really have a master plan when you did it. Nope. It was, I was graduating from college. I was 20, 21 years old. I, was, I think I was 20 years old when I graduated from college. Um, I was in West Virginia and we live in Boston so it was very hard to find jobs I couldn't interview for jobs so my dad said hey why don't you come home work with me for a year that'll give you time to find an apartment find a job you know it'll get at least you'll have a job when you come home you can give me some help and you know that'll give you time to get established well, and I think it's funny a lot of us that were friends and close with you in college and and got to meet and know your family you know prior to you coming back you know graduating from school and coming back up here I think a lot of us you know always got the inkling from your father and, and a little bit from you um, that you were going to come in and work in the family business when when you had got out of school you had always said that you said well you're just going to go home and take over your family's business and I was like no, no, that's not what I'm going to do. Um, but I did come home during the year and I went to some trade conferences with him and did a lot of educational things in the remodeling industry with him at the time. So maybe you guys were just more perceptive than I was. Well, and you also spent a lot of your summers working in the business. Yes, I did. I did a lot of the marketing and I worked in the field. Um, you know, everyone always thinks it's funny when I say that I ran vinyl siding crews. My dad likes to say I used to send them up on staging and never let them come down. How, how do you feel your relationship with your father um, is, you know, prior to being involved in the business and then after being involved in the business? What what was that relationship like and how did it change? I think we always, my family is a very hardworking. My dad worked a lot, my mom worked a lot, and we were expected to participate and help in the family. So our family was always a we're going to get through everything together and we're all going to pull our own weight with whatever we're capable of doing. So I think that we kind of always had that kind of everybody fits somewhere in the wheel relationship. My dad and I are very similar in a lot of ways. When I was younger, my mom went to law school. She started law school when I was three. So my dad in many ways became Mr. Mom when I was three. And so we, I feel like sometimes I'm the boy he always wanted. And so we got, we, we always got along. We have the relationship where we can yell and scream at each other but know that it's just business or know that it's just what we're dealing with and it's not personal. It's just frustration at that level, which is good and bad in some ways. I think one of the things that you talk about a lot when you talk about coming into a family business and working, you know, with other people who are thinking about coming into family businesses is to know the why, why you're doing it, what the purpose is. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, what, what is that about, knowing the why of why you're going to work with your family business? I think that there are some times where you're, someone's a good fit. Like, I would come back from these conferences with my dad and I would say, oh, we should do this. We should do that. Even though I wasn't part of the day-to-day -day business. So I was always looking to move the company forward and move the family forward. But, you know, sometimes people bring in family members because they... Are transi it's a transition for them. You know, when my dad brought me in, his, 
I think somewhere in his back of his mind, he thought maybe it would work out long term. But originally it was supposed to be a transition job. My thought coming home from college was it wasn't going to last forever. Yeah, he never really had an exit strategy, or at least not that you knew. There was never really an exit strategy in that whole process. Right. So it was a it was a short-term while we figure something else out. Is your why for bringing your child or your family member in because of that, because they need a stepping stone? Is it because there really is a long-term plan, which for us is what it ended up being? Or is it because they're not being successful somewhere else and you feel like you need to take care of them? It's really important to, you know, examine the what is, what's behind you wanting to be there. Is it is it for you? Is it for them? Is it because you don't trust them or think they can do anything else? Because that's really going to help figure out your make or break scenario and keep your communication open. You don't want, you never want to get to the point where you resent each other because you weren't on the same page. And part of that, part of what, you know, makes it work is when you came into the family business, it, it, they weren't really defined, but then you started really sort of defining like job descriptions and, and what would, if we had at the time an HR department have hired you to do the job that you ended up doing. Right. One of the things I said to the guy in our group, because I really feel like this is important, is relationship aside, if, if your child came to your company with who they are on paper and in an interview, would your HR department hire them? Or are you only hiring them because you're Allison's son? You know, that that's important because it affects the morale of the rest of the company too. In some ways, even though they're your kid, you gotta kinda take yourself out of the process, the parent out of the process to be successful long term. Everyone should have a written job description. And especially this person, everyone needs you guys, you and your child or your whoever family member need to be on the same page about what the expectations are. What is the job that I'm filling? And one of the things we've worked with over the years is you don't build the job description to the person. You need to get you need to build the job description and the people need to fill those roles. Yeah, And I think that we talk a lot about. Uh, for our business, we talk a lot about key results areas or KRAs, as you probably have heard us talk about before. And so, you know, again, for you, it was a lot of you creating that when you came into work in your father's business. But if you're an already established company and you have an HR department and you have other employees, you know, having not only those KRAs, but who the leader is going to be that's going to check those KRAs. Like when you came to work for your father, it was just you and him in the office. But there are a lot of companies in a lot of situations where it may be a company that has 50 employees. And who is that person going to report to? And who's going to look at their job description and make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to do? Right. Like the person we were talking with a couple of weeks ago, he has 100 employees. So he has a company infrastructure already and wanting to bring his daughter into that role, you know, is it's important that everybody knows that is she coming to daddy when she has a problem or is she going to her leader? You know, you need to setting up those professional boundaries at the very beginning, whether you're a hundred people or whether you're five people is really important because we had, you know, we had a lot of the field guys go and say, well, if you got rid of Allison, we could all have raises. They didn't understand what I did. And it took it took some time once I got here that for them to understand that. But they viewed me as daddy's just hiring his little girl. And I think that, 
you know, and I agree with you, and you have to be very cautious of that when you hire your son or your daughter to come work in your business. I think the other part of it is, and I feel like you and your father a year, maybe two years, probably a year into you working in the company, really started to develop and design and think about an exit strategy, what the ultimate goal was for not only him with you working in the business and him working towards retirement, but also for you and where the business trajectory was going to be and how the business had to change to fit your ownership style versus his ownership style. Yeah, we were about a year and a half into it. And again, this was supposed to be a year transition. And I kind of came in and just kind of started taking over and viewing it as mine. But again, we were a very small company. We weren't a company that already had an infrastructure set up. And he turned to me and said, so I guess this is working out. And I said, yeah. He goes, we're going to keep doing this. And I said, yeah. And that's kind of from there, we never really had a good discussion about the planning. But from there, we kind of took it as, okay, Allison's going to start to take over. What has to be true for Terry to retire? And if you had to go back, you know, now 20 years ago and look at all of, you know, knowing what you know now, if you had to go back 20 years ago and look at that transition, what would you have done different? I think I would have tried to sit down with my parents earlier and talk about what is it that we all want out of this? What? Why are we doing this when, you know, look at the timeline, when do you guys want to retire? How can we make that happen and kind of work backwards, which is what you and I have kind of done. I can't do, I could do, I don't do the construction work. So I had to help structure a business where other people were doing those things. I had to build I always looked at it with, I have to build a sellable business. I need to find other people who are smarter than me in all these other roles. And it's 20 years later, I'm still trying to do that. But for my dad to retire, what has to be true and what roles do we have to fill? Because at the end of the day, if something goes sideways, I can't go back out into the field and just fix it like he could. Right. And I think you know, looking back at that, I came into the business shortly thereafter. You were in the business for about a year and a half, almost two years before I came into the business. And I started just as a carpenter's helper. I started as a laborer and worked my way up. But from an outsider looking in during that period of time, I think that one of the things I definitely saw that was a challenge for you and your father was communication sometimes. And I think that you had an idea of where you wanted to go and he had an idea of what he wanted. And sometimes you guys didn't communicate that too well to each other. And I think that you've learned now and, and obviously, you know, it got to a, we were very lucky and we worked very hard to get it to a point where we were able to make it that he could transition out and be fully retired. And you and I are, run the business and and it took us, I think, a little bit longer than it should have or could have if there was a better you know, communication and plan from the onset. Yeah, and as the child coming in, my biggest fear has always been, I don't want to be the person that runs this into the ground. This has been successful for so long. Um, but I view things differently than my dad did for the 35 years he was running the business. Um, things that I see, I saw as vitally important to moving us forward, he sometimes saw as fluff. But Sometimes what looks like fluff on the surface is what 
keeps you sustaining long term. It's kind of like networking. Networking isn't a silver bullet. You can't go to one meeting and then, oh, this is going to save our company. 20 years of networking is what's keeping us successful. So I feel like sometimes those conversations were hard. And when you and your, when you bring a child or a sibling or something into the business, your ego sometimes has to be pushed to the side because again, it goes back to the why we're doing this. At the end of the day, we both want the same thing. We want the business to be successful. We want to move forward. But sometimes we have different way views of how you get there. That's why a lot of times I say having a partner sometimes holds you back because getting the partners to be on the same page about what that end goal is and how you get there is often difficult. Talk a little bit about once you start, one, and I, I think for that first year, it was, you know, you were working, he was at, you know, you were supplementing a lot of what he had done before and you were slowly but surely building your job description, your KRAs and kind of getting a feel for what you want to do. How, how did that morph with how your father and you spent time outside of the business? What was that work life, home life balance like? It was tough. Um, so I had moved home from college and I was home for the summer and then I moved into an apartment with my sister. So I think that once we didn't live together anymore, it was a little easier when you spend all day working with someone and then you come home to them, you have to be, it's hard to navigate that professional work colleagues coming home to being daddy's little girl. So yeah, it was those first like four or five months when you still lived at home and you were working and we should also add in there, the business was, you know, housed inside of the home. So the business was in the house. You were working and living in the house. You guys were having dinner every night. That had to be pretty tough to like stop work and live life. Yeah, it it was. Um, And because I can be a workaholic and he can be a workaholic. That's all we wanted to talk about, all we did talk about. There weren't a lot of other extracurricular things happening. So one of the things we came up with is, and I don't know, I think it's you actually came up with it, is the, a key phrase of we'll talk about that Monday. Um, and we've talked about this on the episode on episodes before and other couples have talked about it, trying to find a way to just shut the other person down. And it's not being rude. It's not being, you know, deflective it's just that's all we say and we just keep if somebody else keeps going we just keep saying we'll talk about that monday yeah it's very similar to what we do with us in our family life and when we get an email on a saturday when we're out hiking or whatever it might be we have to and and everybody does it and you're never going to be i mean i commend anybody who thinks they're 100 percent perfect at it because i i can't imagine anybody is there is that time where you look at that email or you make that comment or you think about that thing and you say it you know to your spouse or in this case to your father and start all of a sudden this conversation starts happening while you're out doing something with the family that you have to stop. And so that's where that we'll talk about that Monday came from. Talk to us a little bit too about the emotions of it, Allison. I think that, you know, you, you alluded to it a little bit earlier that sometimes you and your father can butt heads and things can get loud. I'll, I'll say that they can get, there can be some yelling and, and screaming. Talk, talk to us a little bit about how you dealt with the emotional factor of coming into your family's business. Yeah, it can be an emotional roller coaster. And I think that not having a clear plan and a clear exit strategy and a clear communication make can make that worse. Um, we struggled for many years about, well, what is my role in the company? What is my boundary? 
what do you want from me? You know, if I'm doing all of this and there's no future, that's very frustrating because I've put my heart and soul into growing a business that may or may not be mine with the being treated like a partner and being given those responsibilities, but not knowing what the plan is. And maybe I think one thing, but you're in a completely different headspace. To be unclear is to be unkind, right? And so especially when you're working with kids, it goes back to the why are you here? And and I think the other thing that, you know, can be challenging sometimes when you do this, and I think for me, one of the hardest things was is it has now really tied us financially to your family. So there's the business was his livelihood for years. There's a retirement plan. But not only that, but because and and I see this a lot. We've seen this a lot with other family businesses that we know where the older generation will never relinquish any control. And we've been very lucky. Your father has, you know, reached a point in his life where he doesn't need to know the day-to-day operations. He doesn't need to know every single thing. And so his you know, his involvement can be a little or a lot at any given time where I've seen businesses to family businesses before where that father, that older generation will never let go. Yeah, we have friends who own who own a business and the father recently died, but he he got to the point at the end of his life where he was really stifling the business and the kids who were in the business because he wouldn't he wouldn't give up control because he didn't trust them enough to make good decisions. Even though they made great decisions, he still saw them as their little kids. Um, somebody said once it's the powdered butt syndrome. If I've powdered your butt, I don't want to take your advice. Um, and I think we've been real lucky because my dad's ego wasn't so big that he didn't understand that there were things that we could do better than him. Just like I'm trying to now. Like I want to find people who are smarter than me and all these other departments of our business. Yeah. It's just like when you hire an employee, you want them to be better than you at whatever it might be. I want to say one thing that we haven't talked about because you did allude to the fact that you came into the business about a year and a half after I did. And I think by the time you came in, we got a little bit smarter and a little bit better and we took a little bit more time planning. Um, We've had, I've had uncles work in the business. I've had boyfriends work in the business. We've had, you know, cousins work in the business. So, and sometimes those transitions have gone well and sometimes they haven't. So knowing we wanted you to stick around for a while, we really thought and talked long and hard about it. And asking you to join the business was part of that. If replacing ourselves, initial replacing ourselves, okay, dad's not going to be able to sell forever. Who's going to take that role? And we really liked we thought that you would be good in that role. So one of the things that I think you should do, no matter who it is, is you should know their personality traits. We do the DISC personality profile with all of our employees now, but you were really that kind of first person. Do Does your personality complement ours? Is it good for the role that we want you to be in? And how do we communicate with someone at your personality level? Because you're going to be coming in and working closely with us. So I thought that was important. And then one of the things that we did with you that we didn't do with me that I really think everybody should do is before you agree to this is create an exit strategy plan for the child or the sibling or the family member. If it doesn't work out on either sides, this is how we're going to know it doesn't work out. And this is how we're going to talk about it and be okay with that. Because my dad was very concerned that if if Almar didn't work out 
Allison and Craig shouldn't shouldn't fail I just because working together didn't work out. Yeah, I think I, I did feel that by the time that I came into the I left my other job and started working for your family's business that you guys definitely had more of a a grasp and a plan and an overall strategy as to, you know, what was going to happen. We didn't and you, I don't think you guys did. And when I got involved, we didn't really know what we were planning or how to do it exactly. It was very, but we were at least trying to have a plan. Yeah, I think that we looked at what worked well with me coming in and what didn't work well and what didn't work well or did with other family members and really tried to address that. So we were making the best decisions we could with the information we have. And I think you have to look at it. There's a lot There's a lot of ways to look at, you know, bringing a, a son or a daughter into a family business. There are some people who want to go out and get it evaluated and talk about buyouts. There are some that, you know, we, you, you know, maybe you gift portions of the business. And I think it just, it changes based on who you are and how you interact with each other and what the expectations are. And setting those expectations and taking the time to develop a strategy you know, over time as to here's where we are now, here's where we want to be in three years, five years, 10 years, whatever that timeline might be, is super important for it to help make it successful. Yeah, I think that I think that is important that before you start handing over your business to your child, that they work in it long enough to understand whether it's something that they really want and can really be invested in. Um, I think that there's lots of different ways to make transition plans. And I think that kids should work in the business when they're young. I think that they, they shouldn't be just handed the keys or just given a spot. They need to they need to work in the mailroom and work their way up. They need to be sweeping the truck out and doing the mailings before, well before they're out of school and you're thinking about, you know, giving them a real position. One, because kids need to learn responsibility. And two, they need to appreciate everything that goes into what you're doing for them and the opportunities that you're providing for them. One last thing we'll, we'll, we'll say, and this is kind of small, but I think in some ways maybe the most important part of it, either if you're the father bringing the son or daughter in or if you're the son or daughter working for the, the father or mother, um, is be professional with each other. This is not daddy and darling. It is a business. Yeah, so one of the, we, we did that from the very beginning. He was... My dad's Terry at work. I'm Allison. I'm not pumpkin. I'm not sweetheart. And it irks me. It irked me when people would call me like, your dad, blah, 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 on the phone. And I would always respond back with his name. Um, it's just, you're, it's a work environment. You need to treat it like a work environment. Yeah, it has, to, it has to be professional. And you can't let that, you know, slip out of there. Yeah, I'm really grateful for the opportunity I was, I've been given to come into a business with a foundation and someone who was really stressing the importance of continuing education. The reason I think that Almar and our business is where it is is because I, from four days after graduating from college, even before that, was given the opportunity to continue to educate myself and understand that you always have to get better. And I started with masterminds groups right out of college. I was given a stack of books to read and resources to keep improving at, at a quick pace. And I think that that's part of the reason sometimes I'm constantly doing that still, because that was the expectation from the moment my feet hit the ground. So if you're a, um, 
a business owner looking to bring your son or daughter into the business, or if you're a son or daughter looking to go work or starting to work with your your family business, hit us up, like us on Instagram, Facebook, find us and let us know how it's going. Let us know what questions you have. Feel free to email us any questions, any thoughts you have, or direct message us. Look for us on Instagram and Twitter at BizMarried or find us on Facebook, Married with a Business. Allison, we have to talk about Audible because Audible has been great to us and we give away a free 30-day trial to anybody who goes to audibletrial.com slash bizmarried. That's audibletrial.com slash bizmarried to get a free 30 days. What are some books that you would recommend if you're a child coming into your family's business just to get you feeling knowledgeable about owning and operating a business? So I quickly jotted down a couple of the books that really made an impact and were some of the first books I read when I came into our family business. And I think most of these are available on Audible. So check them out. It's the first one was Smart Women Finish Rich by David Bach. It gave me a really good sense being on my own for the first time paying my bills, how to kind of set up what I needed to do and how to make a plan for my finances. Raving Fans by Ken Blanchard. That's a great book for just kind of getting yourself into building a business and building relationships. Crucial Communication by Carrie Patterson. I'm listening, re-listening to that right now on Audible. And it's really good about like how your tone and your interpersonal skills and your visual and vocal skills impact the way people hear you. And there's also Crucial Conversations by Carrie Patterson, but I couldn't find that one on Audible. And I always recommend Entree Leadership by Dave Ramsey. Yeah, so check it out. Most of those books available on audible.com. Just go to audibletrial.com slash bizmarried to get a free 30 days on us. Allison, thanks for sharing the stories about, you know, coming into your family's business. It's something that we really haven't gotten into much on the show, but it's uh, definitely something that's interesting for people. No problem. I really enjoyed it. And hit Allison up online. Find us at BizMarried, at Married with a Business uh, on Facebook, and give us any questions or thoughts that you have about uh, coming into a family business. Thanks for listening this week, everybody. Remember, find us online, listen, like, and share. And remember, not only is it important to focus on your business, but also your marriage, because we're married with a business. 